You're listening to Turf Show Radio. With the first pick in the 2016 NFL Draft, the Los Angeles Rams select Jared Goff, quarterback, California. John Austin and a nickel pack from the Bears. Also, Jake Murray. Here's it up. Oh, he drops it in the bucket. Kenny Britt is gone. Touchdown. Give it to Gurley. Gurley extending for the goal line. Touchdown. Todd Gurley. That puts him at 1,000 yards on the button in his rookie season. And now, here's your host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Turf Show Radio. I am your host, Josh Webb, and today I am pleased to be joined by NFL Network's Benjamin Albright. Ben, uh, lots of things been going on in Los Angeles. We'll get to some of that in a minute, but what I immediately want to jump into is how the heck are you in this new year? <laughs> well... I'm doing pretty well. A little bit tired. Uh, you know, it's a busy season for me, so um, it's uh, it's certainly been uh, been a tiring new year, but uh, but I'm enjoying it. And no rest for the weary with the announcements that came today, and uh, with the with the news that the Chargers, formerly of San Diego, will now be of Los Angeles. And of course, that came on the back heels of an announcement by the Los Angeles Rams that they had hired not only Sean McVay as the head coach, but Wade Phillips as the defensive coordinator. Now, before I get into your reaction on the hire, I, I, I want to ask, how much truth was there to the rumor that McVeigh's original idea was going to be Phillips as the defensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn as the off- offensive coordinator, and himself as the head coach. Because I always found that one odd, given the fact that Anthony Lynn's name was already in the head coaching pool. Why would he go be an OC for someone else? Well, Anthony Lynn's, you know, I mean, he was out in Buffalo, so essentially he was a free agent. If he didn't get those head coaching interviews and, uh, you know, all, all indications uh, outside of San Diego were that if he did not get the San Diego job, he wasn't going to get one. Um, so, you know, that was one of those things that they decided. Um, they saw what he was able to do for, uh, you know, LaShawn McCoy, um, you know, up there in Buffalo, and they wanted to, uh, you know, replicate that for Todd Gurley out there in Los Angeles. It was a possibility, uh, but uh, once once the Chargers zeroed in on him and away from Matt Patricia, that kind of uh, kind of sealed the deal as far as him not being there. Now, was the Chargers hiring of Anthony Lynn? I don't want to say reactionary because he, organizations always go into this with some sort of list or or list of candidates that they would like to to interview but the actual hiring of Lynn do you think that had to do with the fact that one domino already fell for the Rams or is this truly the guy that San Diego had eyeballed from the beginning I guess Los Angeles had eyeballed from the beginning and truthfully wanted as their next guy 
Um, you know, I mean, they're going to say that it is because that's how company lines work. But the reality is, is they were, you know, looking for a coach that was going to take on most of the staff that they already had in place. And Lynn was willing to be that guy where Matt Patricia was not. Um, you know, they, they wanted, they, they didn't want to owe additional money, uh, to all these coaches and pay out these coaches for them to be coaching somewhere else, you know. So, um, they wanted somebody that was going to keep the staff mostly intact. Uh, Lynn, you know, is pretty much that guy. His only kicker was that he was going to be bringing Gus Bradley with him. So, uh, that's how Pagano fired out, found out he was fired over social media this morning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, he wasn't really their top choice per se. He was the guy who matched up with the criteria that they wanted is probably the best way to say it. Now, where will the Rams turn from here? What type of offensive coordinator are they looking for? Is this going to be an offense similar to what we saw in Washington, or is McVay going to approach this thing with a completely different mindset given that he'll have a quarterback with completely different tools? Uh, no, you're going to see somebody that's uh, – you're going to see an offense that's very similar to the one the Grudens have always run. Uh, he's off that tree. He's that guy. Um, you know, John was heavily – John Gruden was heavily involved uh, in this coaching ser- uh, search, and it was in Kevin Demoff's ear pushing them towards Sean McVay the entire time uh, over the, one of their original targets, Kyle Shanahan, uh, because they could get McVay, get the staff they wanted, and get everything set well before uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan was going to be available uh, to officially hire because you can't officially hire someone until they're done in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, but as far as the offensive identity, it's going to be similar to what you've seen. In terms of offensive coordinator, um, you know, if they're able to get the guys on their wish list, guys like Greg Olson or uh, Bill Callahan, if not Mark Trestman, um, you know, so you'll, you'll see kind of a hybridization of what those guys have run. But similar to the Gulf Coast offense that John Group ran in Tampa and what Jay runs uh, in Washington. Fair enough. Now, what sort of staff do you see uh, being assembled here in Los Angeles, other than the basics? I mean, are there any potential names? I know we saw one tonight being hired away from the New Orleans Saints, um, but but what are some other names that could potentially floating out there, if you, if you can give us any? Well, I mean, I already did. You know, like I said, they're looking at guys like Bill Callahan. They really, you know, they, they have two priorities. Uh, the Rams do that. They really stressed in these interviews, and that was the offensive line and the and increasing the, the quarterbacking position. Um, so that's why a guy like Bill Callahan makes sense. Yes, they were to be able to get him away. Um, you know, looking again uh, around, Greg Olson is a name that's been bandied about. Mark Tressman, those are all guys that they've talked about bringing in. Uh, you know, to do things. We'll see if they're able to do so. Now, Bill Bill Callahan's a guy you bring in, you want to establish the run. This is something that the Rams sorely lacked in 2015. Todd Gurley placed his blame somewhere. People believe the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Does targeting somebody like Bill Callahan, and, and, and you mentioned this is off the Gruden tree, so one would suspect so, but is this a confirmation of the fact that they want to get back to a run-heavy offense, one that set up the play-action pass and down-the-field shots? Well, no. I think they, the offense that you're going to see here is one that's very, very similar to what you saw um you know, under George Seifert, because that's really where all these people fall off the tree. Um, similar to Andy Reid, Mike Holmgren, you know, Gruden's in that group of guys. 
Steve Mariucci, um, you know, they all have that similar West Coast offense. The Gruden adheres a little more to the philosophy of balance. Uh, McVeigh doesn't as much, but you need a running back that can catch out of the backfield because there's a lot of swing passes in this offense, uh, a lot of quick slant. Um, you know, quick hitch type stuff. Uh, most of it's going to be short stuff. You want a hyper accurate passer who's able to distribute in the 11 to 20 yard range. Um, you know, it helps if he has a little bit of mobility. Uh, you know, guys like Dalton, Rich Gannon, uh, guys that quarterbacks for, uh, you know, for John Gruden are similar, honestly, to the way Jay Gruden is. Jay Gruden was kind of in that same mold with the quarterback himself, um, you know, in the arena league. So um, I, I think that what you're going to see is a lot of West Coast elements, so, you know, a lot of short stuff. Um, I don't want to say dink and dunk per se, but, you know, it's going to be a lot of short stuff, chunk yardage, um, and, and a, a lot of balance. You, you know, they'll never get too far away from the balance side of the house, uh, you know, two to three carries or two to three passes away from 50%. Now, on the opposite side of the ball, what can we expect from Wade Phillips? What kind of a staff is he going to bring in place? What is he looking to do? I know I you comment about this a lot on Twitter because people get caught up in 4-3-3-4, and one of the questions I got asked by one of our guys at the site said, is, is Wade going to adapt to a 4-3? You commented on this on Twitter that, that that's, really sort of semantics for, for how Wade runs his defense. What do you expect out of Wade with the current personnel and, and maybe what he might bring in to, to complement that? Well, I mean, you know, we've seen – I saw a little bit of the reactionary stuff on Twitter, guys getting, um, you know, caught up in the fact, like, oh, no, Aaron Donald's going to be wasted and, you know, that kind of thing. But J.J. Watt wasn't. Anyway, he had Watt down in the Texans, you know. Uh, Malik Jackson certainly wasn't last year. Derek Wolf, guys like that. Uh, you know, what Wade runs essentially is is actually what is is really a 43 under uh, front, um, uh, one gap 43 under front with the defensive end standing up is is really the best way to describe it. Now it looks like a 34 to the untrained eye because there's three guys that handle the dirt and one guy standing up, but. You know, the reality is, is based on the alignments, the assignments, and the, and the gap technique, that's, you know, that's where they are. Really, you know, 3-4 or 4-3, all that talk is kind of nebulous anyway because, you know, 70% of snaps in the NFL now are played out of nickel or, or, or dime. So um, it, it's it's really difficult to, you know, it's a first down formation, and really that's it. So um, I, they don't need to worry. Uh, Aaron Donald is going to be, be used just fine. You know, Von Miller was considered a defensive end before, you know, Wade studied him up. He's a defensive end for Jack Del Rio. Uh, you know, Wade just stood him up. Uh, so, it, you know, Wade likes to take advantage of, of player skill sets and, and, and kind of cater to those. So you'll see creative looks and stuff like that, but it's basically going to be a one-gap uh, kind of deal, and then you're going to see it's what would either be a 34-run run one gap instead of two or, you know, a 43-under one-gapping uh, one gap in front with uh, a guy like Quinn standing up. I kind of look at the way you talk about it. It reminds me sort of uh, soccer coaches. They set up with a base formation. It's really just an idea. Everything out of that is moving. It's organic. You're going to adapt to the strengths of your players and use them accordingly. And Wade Phillips, more so than many defensive coordinators that I've seen, is excellent at taking what he has and using it to fit what he wants to get done, even if it's not the way he used to get it done. What kind of free agents are out there that could come in and make an impact on this Rams team? 
Well, I would say two guys you need to look at. Wade loves to get guys that he's familiar with. He loves, you know, he loves to bring guys that he's familiar with along. It's one of those things. We saw several Houston Texans players show up here in Denver. You're probably going to see one or two Denver players show up there in L.A. Um, if I had to guess, I would say those two players are probably guys like Shaq Barrett, uh, who's an outside linebacker, uh, and Kayvon Webster, who's, who's a corner. Uh, both those guys are guys that are a little bit down the roster here in Denver, but they're guys that play very well. They just don't get quite the play time, and I think those are guys that you could expect to see over there. You look for uh, you're probably going to get a, a box safety, a hitter, a thumper, you know, a tone setter, that kind of thing. You're going to look for press coverage linebackers who can also play on an island. Uh, you need one high center fielder safety, uh, and, and then you need a bunch of guys up front that are willing to get after the quarterback. Uh, you know, the one position that they struggle with here on the defensive side of the football was the nose tackle. Sly Williams didn't really kind of fit the bill, um, but you know, I think you've got the personnel there that could make it work. Um, you know, overall. Fair enough. And on the offensive side of the ball, there's going to be a lot out there, but how the Rams sort of finagle it with, with their cap space, I, I've seen projections of somewhere in the mid-40s. Knowing that you have to address some holes on defense and that Wade Phillips is certainly going to get his allotment of, of free agents, one would think, um, otherwise he, he may have signed elsewhere, you have to figure you're going to give him some tools to do what he wants to do. What is McVay going to do with the offensive side of the ball? How much, how much of the play calling is he going to be handling um, versus maybe just in, uh, installation of the offense and play design? I think a lot of that largely depends on who they actually get to come in. Uh, you know, you have a good, they have a good plan, but, you know, like Mike Tyson used to say, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Um, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of that largely depends on who they bring in and, and how McVay trusts them to, to, you know, to handle the duties. Um, as far as that goes, I mean, he's going to be involved in implementing what he wants, but I don't know that he's necessarily going to be uh, the guy who's down there, you know, in the quarterback's ear every play. So, um, you know, I, at this point, it's still a bit of conjecture. Uh, I know he wants to be involved in the play calling, but the head coach duties go well beyond, you know, those kinds of things. So I, I don't know if he will, uh, he'll share play calling duties probably. Fair enough. And when you look at what's presently on the offense, you've got guys like Brian Quick, Kenny Britt, Greg Robinson, who have question marks around them. What do you think McVay is going to do with a couple of those offensive pieces? Because there's no doubt that whatever the Rams are doing on offense, it's not working. And this is a guy that was brought in to change that. What can we expect out of that? Or do you think there are any free agents that he will be targeting on the offensive side of the ball? Or is he a guy that's going to try and do this through the draft? Well, it would be difficult to do through the draft because they gave up, you know, the picks to get golf. Uh, so the front end of the draft kind of a kind of a wash. Um, so I, I think they're going to have to do a lot of it through free agency. But they feel the wide receiving core isn't that bad. They, they feel the wide receiving core is fine. It's not – they don't want to land on receiver court. They, would, they do uh, want to upgrade the tight end position, and you'll see that's a, that'll be an area of focus for, for McVay, who really got Jordan Reed going there in Washington. Uh, and, and they want to focus on the offensive line. Um, you know, so as far as Greg Robinson goes, I think you're going to be see a permanent move to guard there. Um, you know, the left guard. I, I, I don't really, uh, I don't really know what persons are out there right now that they would be looking at for offensive tackle, but, you know, Denver's likely to let Okun go, so that might be a name. Um, I, you know, you know, looking at, 
at what they have out there. You're going to see some depth at running back, probably another guy that can catch out of the backfield, and and uh, and a pair of tackles. I would say is, is is probably what you're looking at. Now, of course, since the Chargers moved to Los Angeles, I kind of look at this as when you had Mariota and Winston coming out in the draft. These two teams are likely now, for the foreseeable future, going to be measured against one another. Whether it's fair or not, that's probably how this thing is going to be go, going in the media. As presently constructed right now, and obviously there are still things to fill, and that could change you know, the tide going one way or the next. But as things presently stand, who do you feel, which L.A. team is better suited to win in 2017? Well, if you're looking at the immediacy situation, uh, I would say the Chargers. You've got a, you know, you've got a quarterback who's uh, probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. You got a good young running back in Melvin Gordon. Um, if you could keep Keenan Allen healthy, you know they've got a great young receiving core too. Uh, Hunter Henry looks to be a star in the making at tight end. Uh, the offensive line is, is often injured, but uh, you know they can put points up in space. The problem is they couldn't stop anybody. Um, I, I would say if you're looking at 2017 success, I would say the Chargers. Now, if you're looking at 2018 and beyond, I would say the Rams are better positioned. Um, you know they're a significantly younger football team. Uh, you know, and they've got to grow with their coach. I think the oldest player on the team is 31 years old, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, um, William Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, yeah, as I say, there's like one player older than the coach on this team. So, <laughs> um, so I think uh, you got a young team and a young coach that can grow together. So I say two, three years. You know, the Rams have positioned themselves as the kings of the city, but you probably see the Chargers have more immediate success. Now, the, a couple last things here before I let you go. There's going to be a lot of question marks around golf. What what McVeigh is going to do with Goff, how much the organization expects McVeigh to do with Goff versus what the reality probably is. How do you see Goff's future development under McVeigh? Because what we saw this year was, well, Cody Kessler put up better numbers than Jared Goff did, and Goff had one more snap. I forget who had that stat, but it was going around, and, and it was a great one. So, obviously, there's really nowhere to go but up for golf, I think. I, I say that hoping for the young man because injury is the only other option. So, what do you think the future is for a guy like McVeigh and golf? Well, you would certainly hope that the, the future is north. Uh, in terms of rookie seasons over the last 20 years, Jared Goff had the worst rookie season for almost any quarterback. Uh, it was worse than Ryan Leaf and, and Jamarcus Russell by the numbers. So uh, it was it was really bad. Um, you know, I I wasn't the biggest fan of Goff coming out. I had a day two grade on him. Um, I, th- I think if anybody can do the job of, you know, transitioning him into the new offense, McVay can. Um, you know, I'm a little concerned because Chris Winkie was the quarterback's coach. Uh, you know, for the Rams, and Winky was was considered the preeminent quarterback coach out there uh, at the time he was hired. They hired him away from IMG. He was going to train guys for the combine. He's considered to be the, one of the brightest minds uh, in, in in training in quarterback. So that that has to be an area of concern. Um, you know, Goff's going to get a you know get another shot this year, but uh, uh, if he continues to stink it up, you know, the old Bill Walsh rule comes into play. If the quarterback doesn't have it by his third year, he's not going to get it. And I think that's kind of what I was angling at here. Like, how much leeway, because there was some rumor out there, there were some rumors out there that the organization was pulling one of those, you know, Vince Young, Jeff Fisher type deals where it's, no, you have to win with this guy. 
Now, while I understand that the Rams are going to want to give Goff every shot, one would hope that they would be logical about this like you just said. You and I share a brain on Goff. I did not think he was the number one overall pick. That's neither here nor there. But the Rams are in this situation right now. And and to my mind, Mannion seems like he could be sitting there just waiting to take this thing over. Mannion feels like a guy who could excel in what McVay is going to be asking of this offense. I, oh, I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. Uh, you know, Mannion was always a long ball guy at Oregon State, um, you know, big, tall, immobile, you know, vertical guy. He's a perfect quarterback for maybe like a North Turner. Um, but this offense requires, you know, a guy who's a quick hitter. Um, okay, fair a, enough. A guy who's got, got, got quick feet, that kind of thing. If you look, and if you look for the prototypical quarterback for this offense, you know, you want a guy like uh, Jeff Garcia, Rich Gannon. Um, you know, guys like that, Andy Dalton, they've got quick feet, they can run around a little bit, they don't have to have the strongest arm in the world, just a guy who can distribute it effectively in the 11 to 20 yard range. Well, not certainly something Goff is capable of doing. We all know that kid's got an arm on him. The problem with him has been, well, locking on to his targets, not really going through his progressions, and in some cases just staring down the defensive back before awarding him the football. And, and and I've heard the same thing that, that you've brought up about Chris Winkie. Exactly how much concern, if you were rating this on a scale of, of 1 to 10, how concerned would you be, were you a Rams fan, that Chris Winkie tried and this is what the results were? I would be pretty concerned. Um, you know, I think that you, know, you got to remember golf comes from a baseball background and guys like that do tend to stare him down. They do tend to have a big arm, but they do tend to stare guys down a little bit. And, um, you know, his daddy was a major league baseball player and, you know, I, I'm not saying golf can't improve, but, you know, he could go on to become all world. And I, and I hope that he does. I always hope that all these guys do, but, uh, it, it's certainly got to be concerning at this point that, you know, the, the Coaches were upset that he couldn't get the play call terminology down. The, the, you know, he got in game and he would lock on to guys, stare guys down. Just, just every bad thing, every bad habit out there, he, he seemed to kind of have. And, um, you know, there were, I saw a lot of excuse makers out there from the, you know, from the raw rock crowd, but it's not my job to sit there and just be positive about a guy. It's my job to be honest about a guy. And, you know, he has a lot to work on this offseason. They're going to give him every opportunity, but he has a lot to work on. Yeah, I kind of felt that coming out, I, I I never understood how people saw this any other way. What Sonny Dykes asked his quarterbacks to do up there is, is night and day of what you're asked to do in the NFL. And I'm glad the kid can make all the throws in the rain, but he doesn't seem to be able to make them when it's not raining. So uh, I, I just... I, I'm I'm of a similar mind as you. I just hope that this isn't a wasted pick. One, because I've always enjoyed watching Goff play. I think that he throws one of the most beautiful balls I've ever seen. I, I would like to see him succeed because, like you, I want no person to fail. But every time I watch this guy play, I become more and more convinced that I am right and they are wrong. Yeah, um, you know, I don't want to get into a, you know, I, I don't want to get into one of those scenarios, you know, where we we fall back on patting our own backs or whatever. But, right, right, right. Uh, it, it looks, you know, it looks that way at this point anyway. And you know, I, I like I said, I, I hope that uh, I hope he turns into um, what they thought he was going to be when they drafted him. But at this point, he's well short of that mark. 
Well, let me get you out of here on a positive then, something that you that, that can build on. Goff has a lot of tools at his disposal, physical tools. So knowing what he is capable of doing, what are some things that he might be able to do really well in McVay's offense? And a kernel of hope that Rams fans can grab onto. Well, uh, you know, like I said, if they get that tight end in there, they can stretch the field uh, vertically. Uh, you know, he's got the arm to squeeze it in down there on the, you know, the seam or the post uh, to a tight end like that and make a, make a superstar out of somebody. So, you know, if they find that player, if they're able to find that player, I think that, uh, you know, that's probably a positive. Fair enough. And certainly Lance Kendrick's catching passes uh, that hit him in the numbers would help. And, you know, uh, there's still development to be done with Tamara Hemingway and uh, I'm forgetting his name, but uh, Tyler Higby. So, you know, the Rams, the Rams do have some use and potential there. So, Ben, as always, I really do appreciate your insight. Before I let you go, where can people find you on Twitter and what do you have coming up that people should be paying attention to? Uh, well, uh, if you enjoy staring into uh, dumpster fires, you can find me on Twitter at Albright NFL. Um, and uh, as far as things coming up, man, I'm always uh, looking at my nose to the grindstone, looking for the next story, and uh, you know, trying to get that out to the people as uh, as quickly and as accurately as possible. Well, Turf Show Times, honestly and sincerely, appreciates the amount of time that you give us. You have always been forthcoming and always been a pleasure to work with. So I thank you once again for our conversation tonight. And I do sincerely wish you and yours a wonderful 2017. You guys as well. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Turf Show Times Radio. We will catch you next time. I'm your host, Josh Webb. You can catch me on Twitter. You can catch him on Twitter at Albright NFL. You can catch us at Turf Show Times, and we will catch you next time. Thank you much. Aloha, I'm Clifford from Yamano Safeway. Can't decide what to eat? Whether it's lunch or dinner, you'll find a perfect meal in the Safeway Deli. Handcrafted sandwiches, fresh sushi prepared by our in-house chefs, signature salads, our famous fried chicken and tenders. Add a side like creamy mashed potatoes or mac and cheese, all fresh and ready to go every day. Stop by this week to get a hot deal on rotisserie chicken, only $5.88 each with in-and coupon. This is Clifford from Manoa Safeway, and we'll see you soon. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.